0: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy.
1: Megan, welcome to your first Turning Point event.
2: This is exciting. I'm so happy to be with you guys.
1: Uh, It's awesome. Thank you. So, Megan, I think I speak for our entire audience The the commentary that you have been doing on the trans issue has been some of the best. I'm telling you, millions and millions of people have their eyes open. So thank you, Megan. A real clear voice on that issue.
2: Thank you. It's been an evolution for me. You know, I explained a couple weeks ago how I came into it, you know, when it was a minor issue with much more empathy and let's be sensitive and let's be careful and you know don't bully and i still am not in favor of bullying but i've completely reversed myself on the it's all about empathy you know who what needs empathy women women need empathy
1: and so megan i have the toughest question that a supreme court justice can't even answer what is a woman
2: (laughs) an adult human female period it's not that hard.
1: How should we think about when the regime says there are, it's birthing people who can chest feed with a lactating hormone that might disrupt babies' heart rates? This is a real thing, everybody, by the yeah. way. And not, not a satire.
2: What we should think is that we need to exit that room immediately because we're not with people who are sane. I mean, I just don't even think we should engage. There's no point in debating, actually, what a woman is. You're dealing with people who are dishonest brokers. I'm not going to debate that. It's obvious what a woman is. It's obvious that it's not possible for a man to breastfeed a baby. Chest feeding a baby is abuse of a child. We should be standing up against it and condemning. And there should be a healthy measure of ridicule. There really needs to be a healthy measure of judgment against people who would put an infant through that kind of behavior and who would invade a girl's locker room and who would parade around in their women's swimsuit while they have a penis.
1: These people are freaks if they go in and they're perverts, by the way, if they go into a female locker room. And Megan, you've had the courage to speak out and the media calls you and anyone who says anything transphobic. Yeah. How should we respond to that?
2: Okay. Yeah, whatever. Honestly, I've been called worse. I don't, I don't care about their names at all. I care about what's right. And that's just a tool that they use to shut us down on these genuine beliefs that are legit, that Democrats hold, that Republicans hold. Honestly, most Democrats are with us on this particular issue. This is not a left or right thing. So let them call you whatever they want. Who gives a damn?
1: Yeah, and it's it's so totalitarian in that if you don't conform, we're going to force it forward with you. And, you know, Megan, this is happening so fast. I believe we're living through a cultural revolution, a forced forward momentum moment where they're trying to remake fundamental terms and language. And if you disagree, you know, they slaughter you. But it takes truth tellers, takes people like yourself and people like you to willing to speak out and say, no, I'm actually not going to do that. No, I actually think it's wrong that Thomas won the NCAA championship as a biological man. Megan Rapino or Rapino? Rapino, yeah, right. Did you see this? Yeah, I saw it. She's absurd. She comes out and she says, it's not happening. Men aren't winning these competitions. Now, Megan, that gets to the root of something. We no longer have differences of opinion. We have different realities where Megan can't even acknowledge that the thing we're also seeing is a thing that we're seeing.
2: Think of the gall of this person to have made millions of dollars off of us, the American people, out on that soccer field. She didn't have to compete against biological men. She did it all while she had a level playing field, playing against just girls. Now, Megan Rapinoe does not have a child. And so what does she want? She wants your daughter and my daughter to have to compete against a man out there after she's made her millions and she's safe. Well, no, because you know what? It not only is it unfair, it is unsafe. And you need to go no further than North Carolina to look at the young volleyball player, 17 years old, who came on my show, who was forced to play against a biological boy on the other team, who had a spike the ball in her face so severe she has permanent damage as a result of it. Megan Rapino can take a seat because she no longer has to take the risks.
1: The, the, this is an, this this movement is accelerating, but Megan, you and I were talking about this privately. I actually think it's a winner politically for Republicans. And I just want you to talk about this objectively. Do you think if, are Republicans forceful enough on this issue? Is there a little bit too much tap dancing on it?
2: I mean, it depends on the Republican. Um, I mean, I think Ron DeSantis nailed it. You know, he spoke with Benny Johnson within the past month and said explicitly, you know, this absurdity of pretending that a man can become a woman. That's not possible. That's perfectly clear. He's exactly right. You shouldn't be afraid to say that. Trump's gotten some criticism for, you know, the stance he had in 2016. Well, I would submit that's not, that doesn't answer the question because a lot's changed since 2016. If you were here, me in 2016, I'd sound a lot different. So, we have to ask him how he feels about all of that today. But I think all of these GOP candidates need to be perfectly clear that a man cannot become a woman, a woman cannot become a man, and that we, while we can have empathy for people who have gender confusion, it's a hard no on boys crossing over into our sports or men crossing over into our spaces.
1: Megan, this is now a cottage industry. We're now up against the pharmaceutical companies that stand to make billions of dollars on these chemical castration drugs. There are hundreds of these gender-affirming clinics. And Dr. Miriam Grossman, I'm not sure if you had her I on know your her. program. Yeah, I have. She's amazing. Yeah. She even says that it's in the standard protocol treatment of pediatricians where parents bring their kid in, and if they turn their back or if they walk out of the room, the pediatrician might ask an 8-year-old, well, do you think you're a boy? Do you think you're a girl? I mean, they're coming directly after the children. And it's 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 beyond just, you know, kind of the the going after the children element of it. But that's the most preserved perverse and the most sick kind of element here. As a mother, Megan, you know, I know you are leading this and other moms feel the same. It is time for ridicule and the drawing of the lines. And what I'm afraid, though, is that they've advanced so far that, this idea toxin has gone into institutional high-level society, Mm -hmm. I think we're at that breaking point or around that?
2: Yes, but I think there's nothing but hope for the future because people are waking up. You know, I think a lot of people were like me where they were empathetic and they were trying to be non-bullying when it was a very, very small sliver of the population struggling with this issue. And now that not only has it exploded because it is a social contagion, but but it's more than just exploded it's now to the place where for the first time in u.s history they're not just saying except me and my lifestyle they're saying i want you to change your beliefs i want you to change the way you and your children approach sports life safety and so on that's never before happened where gender has been erased or that's what how they would have it so i think number one there's a groundswell of support on our side number two Lost in Transnation, Miriam Grossberg's book, is amazing. She's amazing. Everyone should read that. She's a child psychiatrist. She knows of what she speaks. And she completely outs the entire psychological industry for selling our children up the river. Um, this is one of the reasons we pulled our, our children from the New York City private schools. I, which I spoke about publicly right after George Floyd, they went nuts on the race stuff and they went nuts on the, jan- on the gender stuff. And in my children's, I have two boys and a girl. In my boys' school, they were actually asking my third grader once a week, the whole class, if they were sure they were still boys. These are boys who have no gender confusion. They were, they were putting that in their heads. And we pieced right out of there, which is what I, I recommend to you. There's no point in letting it steward.
1: Well, and that's an interesting question, Megan, that is debated. Should parents fight for the school they're in or get out so their kids don't get infected?
2: Look, if you can fight, if you can fight and you can win, go for it. But we were in the midst of New York City. You know, I mean, that. right, get out. Like, we went to Connecticut, and we found a reasonable school. And to be honest, we said before we went into these schools, cards on the table, here's what we're fleeing. Make sure we're not jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire. It's not going to work out for either one of us. And we found a sane school that doesn't want to talk to our kids about pronouns. It's actually not that hard. But there was no winning in New York City private school, so it was time to end. But I'll say this, too, on the explosion of the medical problems. Yesterday at that Iowa forum that Tucker hosted, Asa Hutchinson went out there and said that he rejected that bill that would have banned these procedures, uh, medical uh, surgeries and hormones, et cetera, for minors. And then he tried to make a distinction between the drugs and the surgical procedures because surgery is permanent, but the drugs aren't. That's not true. That's not true. If you go on puberty blockers 90% of those kids go right to cross-sex hormones. They go right to it. It's like a gateway. And once you've had no puberty and you've gone right to cross-sex hormones, you're sterile. You will not be having children. That's very permanent. And there's no minor in America who should be subjected to that.
0: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all
1: states. I don't know about you guys, but... If the Republican Party can't agree that we should ban chemical castration of children, then the Republican Party has become worthless. I mean, if that if we cannot do that very basic thing
2: and say it explicitly, say it the way Ron DeSantis said it explicitly, we
1: will not allow 11 year olds to take drugs that mutilate themselves when they're in a position to be taken advantage of by a predator. Great segue, Megan. You watched the Iowa Forum yesterday. And some candidates are going there. Some candidates are coming here. There's a little bit of crossover. Talk about the Iowa Forum and how you're viewing the 2024 race as a journalist.
2: Well, I mean, I still think it's largely a two-man race. You know, there's obviously other candidates besides Trump and DeSantis. But realistically, it's probably going to be one of those two. Uh, (laughs) Trump... I'll tell you this. I think
1: they like Trump, Megan. I really think they You're like are not
2: alone. The vast majority of, of the Republican Party wants Trump. Um, I'll tell you this. A lot of people say, like, you know, look back at 2015. Jeb Bush was in the lead. And I know. I was there. I remember all that. However, there's never been a candidate who's been 30 points up consistently going in like, who lost it. There's just, there hasn't. So, you know, unless Trump, like, withdraws. <laughs> Like, I just, I don't see, I want somebody to show me how DeSantis can do it. I want, how? Because I call Trump the 800-pound gorilla. How do you get past the gorilla? I don't, I don't see it. And if you get past the gorilla as DeSantis, right? If you get past the gorilla as DeSantis, how do you get Trump's voters to get behind you? Because I've said it many times, a lot of you guys might know. Trump's core voters aren't even necessarily Republicans, they're Trumplicans. Yeah, no, that's they, right. they, they're in it because of him.
1: Raise your hand if you feel that way, that it's, that's, yeah, that's a lot of people. Yeah. It, well, you're diagnosing it correctly, Megan. And so, do you think, and I want to ask the audience too, the indictments, conventional wisdom, oh, he's getting indicted, he's going to go down on the polls. It's been the opposite.
2: I said the day. Before or maybe it was the day of Trump's first indictment. I got to count the indictments. The first indictment by Alvin Bragg in New York City. He should get on his hands and knees and pray to God that he gets indicted. Not from a legal perspective, obviously it's a massive headache, and I'm sure it is a little scary. He's only human. But from a political perspective, and sure enough, it happened later that day, and his poll numbers did this. If you look back in January, February of this year, Desantis was polling within ten points of Trump. Now that's that's a that's a game. It's on ten points. That's that's a game. now, 30 points. That's all post-indictment. The American people have had it. And it's largely about Trump, but it's also largely about this system that they want to give a middle finger to. And we all know who the best middle finger candidate is.
1: <laughs> I, I I wish that establishment Republicans looked at things as honestly as you do, Megan. It would uh, The party <laughs> would be in a much better spot. But and I know I'm sure the audience believes it. I can speak for me personally. The indictments make me like Donald Trump a lot more because this is an administrative state, a fourth branch of government, an unchecked bureaucracy that is interfering with a presidential election for the first time ever. And it makes me wonder, like, they must really fear this guy to such unbelievable levels that they have to go to it. So he's shooting up into the polls and kind of looking on the Democrat side, Megan, I know some of this is just speculation and looking because you have a good rec- track record predicting, is Joe Biden going to be the Democrat nominee?
2: I think you'd have to say yes. I mean, there, there's nobody on the G- on the Democratic side who's going to give him a meaningful challenge. RFK is interesting. Uh, you know, I've had him on my show. I, I think he's fascinating. But th- they're going to snuff him out. At least snuffed out Bernie Sanders, who was a lot stronger than RFK Jr. is. And they will definitely snuff out RFK Jr. I mean, honestly, the bigger question is whether Biden can make it physically, whether... Like literally, whether he will live. To the, I mean, God bless him. I, I'm not rooting. For, believe me, I'm not rooting for anything bad to happen to him for many reasons. Um, but that's <laughs> that's the biggest fright for them. That something happens to Joe Biden, and then they're stuck with the totally unelectable Kamala Harris. They know that's the case. Um, But look at Joe Biden. I mean, he's never been in a worse or weaker position right now in terms of his mental acuity. You can see it happening. It feels a little abusive. What's happening to him now? He has his good days and his bad, but way more bad than good. And if you have this guy six years out from right now, I mean, I think we're we're back in 25th Amendment territory. And I just, it it has very bad, it forebodes bad things for
1: the United States. You bring up something interesting where I think that there's a realignment happening, and I'm going to prove it to you. Here we are at a convention where Donald Trump is viewed very favorably, who's called far right by the media, which just drives me nuts, right? 6,000 people. How many of you have a positive opinion of Bobby Kennedy Jr., RFK Jr.? Raise your hand. What's going on here, Megan? This is a guy who's a Democrat running for the presidency with the last name Kennedy, and he gets more applause than Mitt Romney. (laughs) Literally, I, do you guys like Mitt Romney? <laughs> so what's going on? He's a Democrat. We're supposed to hate him, Megan.
2: I know. RFKJ, as I call him, is, uh, you know, he's, he's an independent thinker. And he, he pushed back on the COVID nonsense and on Dr. Fauci in a particularly effective way. Right? And, like, let me tell you what happened with, it, with RFKJ. A friend of mine said you should put him on after he wrote his book on Fauci. And I was like, oh, I don't know, he's sketchy, like a conspiracy theorist. You know, be careful what you read, I said to my friend. She's like, I don't know, you might want to consider it. And then I thought, this is my own hubris. I actually don't know what the truth is about this guy. I should read that book. I should think about him. So I did. And then I had my team read the book, and we invited him on the show. This is when he was banned everywhere. Nobody would put him on. He came on and said not even Joe Rogan would have him on. Nobody would have him on. You know who was the only other person who put him on? Tucker Carlson. And so I said, all right, I'll, I'll put him on and we'll, we'll give him a hard time. And I'll ask him all the questions because I want the interview to live. I I don't want it to get banned on YouTube or any of the other platforms. And we did it for four hours. I had the guy on and not a single clip, nothing got censored. He was able, and if you talk to him, he'll say that was the beginning of his resurrection because it made it okay to talk to this guy. And once you, it's just like these other censorship issues. Once you actually start to hear the opposite ideas, you get a little bit more enlightened and you may or may not agree with all of it, but you've learned a little and you've shorn up your own views. Even if you disagree, it's an opportunity to go and say, no, I disagree. Why do I disagree? Oh, let me come up with my argument or wait. I might've been wrong on that. It's great to be wrong because I'll be less wrong tomorrow than I was yesterday. So I think that's why people like him. He's an independent thinker. Having said all that, He was just on the air ripping on moms for liberty and saying there'll be nobody stronger on LGBTQ stuff than he is. So just be careful.
1: (laughs) That's really wise, Megan. That is wise. And I think it's a balance. I mean, I'm not going to go vote for Bobby Kennedy in a primary, but his commentary and his book, The Real, I think it's called The Real Anthony Fauci, is an amazing book. And, and, And he really led... The charge of exposing Anthony Fauci for the craven criminal bureaucrat who should be sent to Gitmo for what he did for our children. Yeah, and
2: uh, Gitmo. Well, he, the other thing about true. about Bobby Kennedy is. He's pushing back on Ukraine, which is not popular at all in the Republican Party anymore. And he pushes back against the you know, military industrial complex and the intelligence complex in ways that are deeply personal to him. I mean, you ask him a question about the CIA and he will start at the beginning of the formation of the CIA and walk you through exactly how it's been corrupted. So you'll learn in speaking to him. And he's got sort of the same enemies as a lot of Republicans have come to have.
1: Yeah. So and I, I'm getting at something, though, Megan, which is I think they're can be a coalition eventually built. I don't think it will be done in this cycle just because there's so many built-in biases, Trump, Biden. But eventually, is it possible to have a coalition where there's just, I don't know, ordinary people that believe in reality and don't think men could give birth and want people to own homes and not be in debt all the time and then have a super like rich, woke oligarchy party? Mm -hmm. Is, Is that conceivable or possible or too entrenched? Are you because it's just notab- it's noteworthy, everybody. You're supposed to hate RFK so much. The media's trying to train you, but you're like, no, I like him. He, op- he thinks open-mindedly. Is there something here or are we, are we too entrenched in our tribes?
2: I don't know. I mean, every time we've had a third party pop up, it gets squashed by these huge party apparatus. You know, it's just the way our country is set up. And I do think, unfortunately, the woke, In the Democratic Party is expanding, though on the gender issue, they're losing. The woke is expanding, but on the gender issue, they're losing. So I don't think we're going to get rid of wokeism altogether. But I think sort of that strain within the Democratic Party is losing the argument. And hopefully they will be dismissed as sort of this radical fringe within the next 10 years, because if for no other reason, what they've done to children, like what they're doing to children now is just it's beyond like they actually are They actually are castrating them. They actually are sterilizing them. They actually are making it so not to get too graphic, but they'll never be able to achieve sexual climax forever in their lives if they do that same chemical program I just told you about. And so I do think as these kids mature out and start speaking out more, the the so-called detransitioners they may be able to ignore them now, but they're not going to be able to ignore them for long. And that's when we really slam the ball.
1: So that... Megan, there's another topic I want to explore with you, which is one of the reasons why I think that realignment is going to be difficult is because of the media. And we have seen some dramatic changes in media in the last 18 months. Elon Musk buying Twitter. Tucker Carlson surprisingly canned out of nowhere. Ratings of cable news shows that are plummeting or tanking. Megan, what is going on with how people consume information? Because 2024 is a completely different media landscape than we saw in 2020 and 2016.
2: Completely. Completely. No, I mean... I, on my show right now, which is a podcast, a YouTube show, and it lives air, it, it airs live on SiriusXM XM Triumph channel, uh, I, I crush everything you see on CNN and most of the stuff you see on Fox. So it's, I mean, just for by way of perspective, Ben Shapiro crushes literally everything, primetime on everything. So it's like it's a whole new alternate universe. Your show's crushing it. There's just different places to go. And so when I was at Fox, Fox had the monopoly in conservative media. And if these candidates didn't go on Fox and kiss the ring... They weren't going to get very far in the Republican Party. No longer. No longer. And, and I'll tell you something else. Two things, a couple things happened. Number one, the greatest thing that happened in the media landscape in the past 10 years was Donald Trump. Um, because I, I like to say, it's not, the, it's not exactly that, you know, he killed the media, but it was like he was the Kevorkian in their suicide. You know, he, You know? Like he helped them, and they just did it to themselves, uh, because he exposed them, and then and it was it was a net good because people got to see for real that oh wait Wolf Blitzer is not an objective news anchor. Wolf Blitzer is against half the country. Okay, Anderson Cooper, this nice guy, the silver fox. No wait, he hates us. Okay, good to know. You know, so people who you previously thought might be independent, neutral journalists revealed themselves to not be, and that's better. That's good. It's good that you know that. So. Audiences started to gravitate and look for alternatives, whether it was Fox or digital media. And digital media grew throughout the Trump years, and now it's bigger than ever. And then what did Fox do? Talk about wasting an opportunity. They have this great opportunity. People are looking at them more than ever. And what do they do? They fired their most popular star. For no reason. Not even Fox claims that they fired Tucker for good reason or for cause. They just canned him. And we still don't know why. It was a disrespectful thing to do to him, it was disrespectful to his audience. Um, and their ratings have not recovered since. They remain basement level compared to where Fox was. And it's not a boycott. It's, it's not a boycott. The audience is just done. They're done. They were on the edge to begin with. They had already sort of turned on Trump because it's clear the Murdochs like DeSantis, which is fine. DeSantis is good too. But the, you know, you don't get to decide. It's the audience that gets to decide. Be respectful to all the candidates. And they haven't, and then they made that disastrous move, and now Fox's ratings are but a shadow of what they were, and digital media continues to explode, including, I love, Tucker's is the greatest cancellation ever. <laughs> Tucker, I listen, I'm not gonna name the, the podcast, but I listened yesterday, I watched his uh, forum, and I listened to these podcast hosts, who I happen to like, they're on the right, but talking about how Tucker's totally irrelevant now. I'm <laughs> like, you guys are sitting in some studio by yourselves. And he's across from Ron DeSantis, so I'm, you know, challenge. And now here he is tonight.
1: Yeah. T- Tucker's Twitter videos also get 100 million views, which is...
2: Oh, and now they're like, oh, but it's. there's been a dramatic fall off. I'm like, oh, you mean, so now he's down at like 10 million? That, that literally dwarfs all the evening news, everything. Like, get some perspective.
1: So, well, let's ask, like, how many of you are permanently done with Fox? Like, raise your hands. Are you guys done? So, Megan, that's 6,000 people that are done, basically the whole room. What does that mean? Can their business model continue?
2: It was already on a hanging by a thread, and I, they're doing their best to cut that thread right now. Look, cable news was already, when I was there, and I left in 17, they were in a panic over cord cutters, you know, people who were going more digital. And, of course, that makes sense. It's so much more convenient to get the news via digital media than via Fox, where you have to sit there and wait. You have to wait for your show to come on, wait, wait, wait. You know, digital media, you can watch it and listen to it wherever you want, whenever you want. And you can listen to it, or you can watch it, or you can do consumer and clips, however you want. That's the wave of the future. And the problem right now, in my humble estimation, is all, I'm going to say all of the hosts, virtually all, maybe there's a couple, who who can make it on their own outside of cable news, have chosen to do so. And so the only ones who are still there are what we call platform players, where you're watching them because you are watching the platform. But if they left to go independent, you wouldn't necessarily follow them. So now it's sort of like a war. Now it's sort of like the digital media you know, conglomerate of independent voices who are more independent-minded yes. and we're also a bunch it's, of middle fingers yes. <laughs> against the old school. Well,
1: and so the, here's how I know the country's becoming more center-right. If you go on Apple Podcasts, Shapiro's podcast is one. Megan Kelly's two. One, two. It's like one, two. And then it's either Walsh or Bongino. And sometimes we get in there. But like top six or seven out of ten are always conservative podcasts, Megan. Yeah. What does that tell you? I mean, it, it's just, you know, jostling. And then you have Bannon's podcast that goes up there and, you know, Candace's. And you look at it. These are superstars that are doing content every day. That do not necessarily have big, massive, publicly traded company backing, but also the audience is demanding it. I think it's an increasing pie,
2: isn't it? Yeah, that's right. The audience is demanding it. And look, look what's happened at Fox. They've lost half their audience, you know, in the prime time just over the past few months. But they were hemorrhaging even before the disastrous Tucker decision. So the problem is conservatives have had no place else to go. All they had was Fox. And when Fox was run by Roger Ailes, it was a meaningful place to go. Roger Ailes is no longer there, and God rest his soul. And they've struggled ever since to really understand how he steered the vehicle. Um, and so now, the conservative audience understanding that the product, it doesn't feel the same. It isn't giving me the same thing. Like I don't feel the same way when I watch it. And you can kind of see the corporate levers being pulled, right, by the people who are now in charge to make you like this and make you not like this one. People say, no, I get it. And I, you know what? I have so many other alternatives. And... In a day and age when fact itself is up in the air, like, who do I trust? This is the future. You will decide who you trust. It will not be a platform. It will be a person. You'll have a direct relationship with a news anchor or a personality, and you'll say, that person doesn't steer me wrong. That's where I'm going to go. It's not going to be the knee jerk I put on CNN because it's the only thing that's on all day, and I never turn it off.
1: It's white noise if you're walking through an airport. I don't even think people in airports watch CNN anymore. They don't. So... Megan, Elon Musk buying Twitter. I believe that we are beginning to win on some big issues because we can finally speak about these issues. Where where you could put What is a Woman by Matt Walsh up on Twitter uninterrupted. Where Tucker can put his Andrew Tate conversation up there. Just kind of being in media and seeing Twitter go from really a Stalinistic Maoist platform to be liberated to now. The closest thing we have with Rumble, by the way, which is excellent. You guys should all download the Rumble app. To being an online social media platform, just talk about, you know, are the the bad guys are trying to shut it up? You have threads. You have the federal government going after Elon. How consequential has the liberation of Twitter been in the last 15, 16 months? I
2: mean, I think Elon Musk is emerging as the greatest free speech warrior in modern American history. Thank God for that guy. And listen, he's got the money to do it, but he's losing money on Twitter. You know, Twitter has not been a money maker for him, but it's a public service in a way. You know, I mean, think about it. Like half the people who have been canceled or canceled because of Twitter, because the Twitter mob came for them and then corporate America bent the knee. Uh, that's no longer happening. And the the woman issue is the best issue of all. Like I haven't joined Threads, the new Mark Zuckerberg thing, but already the left is like wringing its hands about how are they going to do content moderation over there? How are they going to make sure those crazies over at Twitter don't, don't come do here what they did over there? And I would love to join Threads, and if any of you are on it, try it. Tweet out a, a woman as an adult human female. Tweet out Leah Thomas as a, a man, a man, and see what happens, because that's the stuff that the left was banning on Twitter that led in part for into elon's takeover so yes i think it was a huge huge move that he took over i think mark zuckerberg who's been okay on facebook has been you know largely a disaster elsewhere i think his other forces are absolutely a force for 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 evil instagram is actually leading directly i think to the death and suicide and depression of millions of american girls in particular um, so he's no hero. You know, the guy who they're backing now for threads. Why is he your hero? Like, why don't you take a look at the Instagram stats? Okay, do some homework. Um, and I think more is better. You know, I, I, I hope Tucker does form an independent media company, as the Wall Street Journal reported today. I love the Daily Wire. I love the Blaze. I love what you're doing. Like... We need more, not fewer competitors in the conservative space because conservative audiences, which are half the country, look at the last election and the vote, have had no choices. And the more our side gets out there with the ability to discuss these issues. And by the way, for the record, our side by that, I mean the side of reason. Reason. I don't care how you vote. If you're a reasonable person, you can talk about these issues and stand firm on constitutional principles like free speech. Then you're with me. I'm with you. The more we can get of that, the better.
1: Team reality, honestly, where you just acknowledge that there is a truth and the truth will set you free. So, so Megan, I want to close here. We, we had a great conversation with some of our Turning Point USA students earlier. And you were really moved by this idea of, you know, toxic masculinity and how it's spread on campuses. And this is kind of in play right now because of the... Um, discussion around Andrew Tate. And I don't want to talk about Andrew Tate because, you know, I I think he says some smart stuff, but there's a lot there that is, you know, obviously very controversial. But, you know, Megan, you're a mom to two boys. Yep. And a girl. And a girl. Just talk about the state of men in America.
2: Well, that discussion was terrifying because these young women were saying they would like to find an alpha male, they would like to find somebody who's not prancing around the college campus with a man bun, and it's getting harder and harder. And his mandals, uh, not hot, all right? I think I speak for most ladies when I say no, it's a no. Um, So I'm worried, I'm worried. My boys are not gonna be like that, but I'm actually worried more for my daughter than I am for my boys. Like, our girls need to find good men Men who are strong, men who are leaders, men who are not afraid to lean into being the protector and the brave one when the situation calls for it, with whom to reproduce and make the next generation. Um, I, it's fine to encourage men to be more open about their feelings. That, you know, in the way that Jordan Peterson encourages. I think that's great. You know, I think men should be honest if they're feeling blue or depressed. Men have, unfortunately, a very high suicide rate. And, un- and unlike women men accomplish it the first time they try. So it's important that, they, that young men in college campuses in particular find a way to talk about how they're feeling, especially if they're not feeling well or, or happy or you know all the things. However, that doesn't mean that they need to get closer and closer to being a woman. It doesn't mean you have to abandon, you know, when my husband and I walk down the street, he makes sure I'm on the inside, right? He's on the outside of the traffic, yeah, the little things. If somebody gets in my face, some guy got in my face a few years ago. My husband was right between us threatening him. I like that. (laughs) It's not that I can't handle myself. Trust me, I can. It's that I still want a man who wants to do that for me. And I think most women are like that. And not just that. We want our kids to see that so they can model it.
1: So, so we only have a couple minutes here, but do you think there's an agenda to let's feminize men? And if so, what, what would be behind that?
2: Well, I think in, on the left, I mean, truly, this is a lefty problem. I don't think conservatives are dealing with this. No, much.
1: we don't. We don't have a big problem. No,
2: right. No. So I think lefties, like the women, they talk a lot about me too, and they talk about toxic masculinity. And now there's a cohort of men that thinks they're toxically masculine. And that's somehow bad if they're doing their normal man things, you know, but we need, we need that sort of bold-chested brave man which is the instinct of most men in in everyday life in the military in the police force I mean we could go down the list I don't want I do not want a Brooklyn Starbucks sipping pinky out guy going over and fighting for us overseas or like God forbid the Chinese and we strike it up like that's not the army I want I don't want any more more woke military commercials I don't want any woke police I want manly men and gruff women out there doing that job
1: and you think about <laughs> you think about who's celebrated it's dylan mulvaney
0: oh or, Trigger.
1: you know trigger. so yeah you, you got it. 90 seconds megan dylan mulvaney american icon
2: oh my god dylan mulvaney makes a mockery of women he's mocking us And getting paid for it. This person, I don't believe Dylan's transition. I think Dylan is an actor who finally found a way to make the cash he'd been trying to make and failing to when living as a gay man. So Dylan was first a gay man. And then he said he was non-binary. And then he said it was a little girl. Then he said he was a woman. Now he said he's a lesbian. Now he says he wants to get impregnated by a man. I don't understand how that's going to work because... He's a man. Um, and we're supposed to go along for this ride and be respectful. No, I'm not respectful of him. He's not respectful of me, my daughter, all of you ladies who are out there. So it's a no for any company that endorses him, partners with him, and for him.
1: Megan Kelly, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review.